New on Curiosity Stream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them. We study them. We hope the big one never comes. Don't look up. It's Asteroid Rush. And alligators. They rarely get sick. They even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Show, the place where WEEI.com's Rob Bradford talks all things that interest him. Some of which you might just want to listen to. So sit back and soak in another episode of the soon-to-be award-winning show a whole bunch of people are talking about. Here's Rob Bradford. Welcome to the all-new Bradfo Show. Sponsored, as always, by Gould's Distinctive Clothing and Hub New England Insurance. Two of my best friends. They are great. Absolutely great. And joining me today is Kirk Minahan. Kirk, I was thinking about this. This thing I'm wearing right now, this pullover mm-hmm. thing, uh-huh. this was actually one of my first TV appearances. I actually <laughs> I went to I went to Dick's Sporting Goods. Right. And I got this. It was the CN eight with a great Ed Berliner. I remember when you were on that. And and that's how far I've come. I mean, I was I was busting right. out the suede sport jacket yesterday on NASA, and Goulds have has hooked me up. Yeah, I found an app for integrity, by the way. No, you, I, I refuse to believe. There is no app if, for integrity. If, well, if you did find an app for integrity, it must have been on the uh, Hub New England. I would imagine they made that absolutely. So today, what we're going to talk about um, are two fascinating subjects and things that maybe only interest me and and perhaps Kirk. But uh, and that is a quick thing on Mad Men because I, I've been hooked on it last couple of years you you know way more about it than i do but i've been watching it this year and then we'll really dive into the john lester uh conversation which i think we take opposing viewpoints on uh so first it's just in regards to mad men i'm just gonna ask three quick questions okay and you answer them this is how it works you ready (laughs) yeah sure i am okay first one by the end of the last episode this year, which would be the last episode ever. Well, for there's Mad two Man. different seasons within this season. They're doing is splitting in the two. So yeah, the end of the series. Okay, right. okay. The end of the series. Yeah. All right. Spoiler alert from last night. Don Draper, at the end of the episode, after falling off the wagon, 
he got back on the wagon. They show him cleaning himself up. Mm-hmm. Supposedly stop drinking. He's going to make the most of this opportunity. Right. How many episodes will it be before he starts drinking again? Mad Men's funny. They could just go away from it and never. He could never drink again. Uh, I don't think he's gonna have this like huge meltdown. Do you? Like he's not. Well, well Don, he did. Don, he did. I know, but again, I'm saying I don't think Don Draper's one of these guys where it's gonna. He's when he makes a mistake like that, generally other than broads, he's usually done with it. So I feel like they've closed the drinking chapter of Don Draper. I feel like he stays clean throughout the rest of the series. Okay, so then part A, part one, subsection B. Right. Will he fall off the wagon in terms of broads? How many times? Oh no, 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 no. No, he won't go on like how, how many how many girls will well, Don was, Draper uh, have relations with between now and the end of the season? What's the over under? I'll set the over under at two and a half. All right, well, and I will go uh, under. I'll say under two. Uh, as they say in the biz, we'll loop back in on, on that one. Um, Are you impressed with Nev Campbell in the first episode? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that leads me to my second That's question. Like the famous flight from Minnesota when you screw when you almost screw around with that steward. Yeah, no, that, that <laughs> yes, of course, yeah, the mythical time from I'm Minnesota. Kidding. Yes, absolutely. What would you do? That is like one. That is that is one of the classic scenarios, though. Like you pull in, you're by yourself. If you don't care about your wife, or whatever, and Nev Campbell is next to you, she's all lonely. She's had a few drinks, and she puts her head down next to you on the on well, the Well, the, the, yeah, the whole thing is so un- very, unrealistic. It's very dreamy. It it's, it's very... Yeah, it's just... And then a, she gives him the address. She wants him to come over, and he says, no, I was surprised at that. Yeah. Well, for, for, first of all, there would be a lot of drooling going on in, in the real world. There would be drooling and snoring and... Well, from you. Yeah. Yes. So, the, so if it happened, it would go the other way in a hurry. Uh, but that leads me to my next question, oh, so, which, sure, no, sure, sorry, which is... Um, which is... So, we know that in the draft, in our world of drafts, and people can figure out what the draft is if we're talking about females and, and Mad Men. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, there's the runaway Patrick Ewing, number one pick, is no question, the Michael Jordan, Christina Hendricks, right? I think so. Okay. Although I'm cons- I'd be concerned naked, but yeah. Well, that's not, right. because, I, I, because I, I, HBO didn't pick up this show, that's not a concern. Oh, I know, but if you're drafting them, there are pros and cons. I'm okay. Saying, I'm worried about long-term viability. So then, in regards to the number two pick, if based off the last episode, the daughter of Roger Sterling is moving up the ladder. Yeah, oh, yeah. She, she's moving up. She's mamooling. But I would say that uh, if I had number two pick right now, I'd probably take Pete's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I like Pete's ex-wife, too. I've always liked Trudy. So I'd probably still go with them, number two and number three. Okay. Uh well and then you go to um but you can't do the na- the neighbor the neighbor oh, oh the old neighbor yeah the well, how neighbor. about the two teachers the teacher from the last episode two episodes ago with the farm with the boobs and then the one that Dom was screwing around with the other teacher yeah that's the, fair uh, that's fair some great looking teachers uh yes it's, that's the son's I, again last two again teachers. again real life <laughs> my third grade teacher did not look like that <laughs> uh so once a perfect perfect segue once again you're you're a natural for this sort mm, of thing mm. um. And, and that is Pete Campbell, who you had cited the girl that he's with right now right. out in California is potential number two draft pick. In real life, as an ad executive, yes, does Pete Campbell pull that? In what year are we in now? I always get confused with year we're in that world. Madden world. I think it's 60, mid-60s. I think mid- we're late 60s now. Yeah. It's like 68, 69. They're still now. referencing going to the moon. They haven't gone right. to the moon yet. I think that's going to happen this year. Uh, in 1969, Pete Campbell out in L.A. making what would be the equivalent of a 150 grand today. She's a real estate agent. Little, I could see it. 
I could see it. Yeah. I, I, I think it's stretch. I, I think it's stretch. I think they they prop up Pete Campbell a little more than Pete real life. Isn't he, he's my favorite character on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't like Pete Campbell? Uh, it's just I, funny. I guess I I guess I can relate because if I try growing my hair out now, it probably look a lot like <laughs> him. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that, you know. But you see it all the time. I mean, you think John Henry would be nailing Linda Pizzuti if he if he was well, but, but Pete Campbell isn't John Henry. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, that's the, but but in that world, he's doing pretty well. I guess, but still, he's he's an ad executive. It's a TV, but like, ugly girlfriend. It's a I, TV I, I show. think I think what we, what we figured out in this three question segment is that it's far from real life. You know, who's overrated is uh, Betty. I'm not, I've never been a huge January Jones fan. There's not much. There what was the deal? And I should know this as a Mad Men uh, mm. follower. But what was the deal with the weight gain? Was that real, or was that? No, they, they put like a bunch of makeup on. Oh, they did. Said, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was uncomfortable. Yeah, that was weird. much like when you're uncomfortable around me, uh, <laughs> standing at the marathon starting line. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 so another, uh, so another perfect segue. John Lester's contract. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> John Lester's contract. We take opposing views of this, I think, because you wrote a column on it. Um, it wasn't your Harry Reid column, but it was pretty good. I wrote it. You care about page views. I don't. <laughs> you care about social statements. I care about getting my words. Per week and then getting out. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I think that's what you said in your contract. Well. Um, so John Lester's contract. So the conversation with John Lester's contract is it goes up and down every time he does well, doesn't do well, but it hasn't gone anywhere because they haven't signed him. Uh, well, were they talked to him at all lately, or is that that's I, well, we, I, not that anyone knows about? Right. And um, so we go back. This let's start with this with the whole okay four years seventy million dollars. We understand it's never going to get it done. They couldn't imagine it was going to get it done. That was the end of spring training. Did they miss an opportunity in your mind right then? Because here's my thing: is what was, that, the, what was the number they could have signed for right then? I, I need four, to know that. at four years seventy million. He would have signed for that? No. Oh, what would he have signed no, that's for? What I'm saying you're saying they missed an opportunity. My answer, my question would be: What would well, the number be? Okay. Give me a number. Well, uh, all right. Let's just say four hundred. Right. So, so five a year for yeah, four hundred. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I would do that. But here's my point: is that you have a guy who um, you want to get him at four years. I understand that. So why not use that time to say, you know, listen, we're gonna do what we do in. in previous contracts with potential or free agents or potential free agents and we're going to go over what we want to pay annually for a shorter term this is the approach we're going to get but we're not going to dick around with it because right. because this is the window you want to get this done we want to get this done we don't want to get into the season once it gets into the season it can get messy and then you get closer to free agency i just felt like they that was a time to be proactive. I understand the business thing. Why you don't have to sign him? No, I, 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 that doesn't matter that much to me. That part I get. Uh, my thing is this year with Lester, it doesn't matter what he did this weekend. He was great. He struck out fifteen guys. I don't care if he wins a Cy Young this year. I expect him to be like a twenty twenty two million dollar pitcher this year. Twenty five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Were you a free agent? Were he a free agent last year? He went to the Red Sox. So I'll pitch this year one year thirty five million. I would have said do it. You're paying for prime years. My question is three four years from now, what is John Lester? Well, so what? What year? What type of yearly contract would you give him? Right now, today, if it, uh, I'd offer him four and ninety. Four and ninety. Yeah. Now, and, but the thing is, the Red Sox have to be comfortable. And I think they are. I think they proved this with Ellsbury. It sounds like they lowballed him, right? Given what the other yeah, offers yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was never. I mean, that that's it could become that conversation. That's the problem when well, you that's get a into hell free of a low agency. Ball offer four and seventy for what Lester is. I mean, that that four, is that, oh four and seventy. Yeah, that's yeah, clearly yeah. saying we we don't value as much as you might get. Out there, and Charrington said it with us. You read the Henry story in the uh, 
in what was that business week? Yeah. I mean, they have made a clear organizational decision at some point, and I understand it. You say you walk away. We don't want to pay you twenty-seven million dollars when you're thirty-six. We'd rather pay Henry Owens whatever for seventy cents on the dollar. But here's the problem. In in I understand that. I understand you got to move on from guys. Number one, you have other contrasts to compare it with. Now, we aren't going to go to Granky. We aren't going to even go to uh, Cliff Lee or anything like that. But Homer Bailey? Adam Wainwright is the guy, right? Adam oh. Wainwright is, to me, he's actually a little older. He'll be a little older than he signed an extension last year. Right. Um, and similar numbers. And it was, uh, and then he got a deal for five years at $97.5 million. So if you want to if you want to start a conversation, I mean you have to you have to at least present that. Yeah, but not if you but not if you don't think he's worth it. Like, but you're but you're but you're I right. Mean, but the Red Sox don't think that's a good contract. Okay, so do you think that John Lester is as good a pitcher as Adam Wayne? Yes, Ryan? I do. Okay, I think he's better. Now, and that's the, and so this is the problem. Now we get into the whole John Henry being willing to move on. This is a whole other conversation. Do you, are you willing, as a Red Sox follower, to say that this is the best move for the Red Sox to do, to move on from John Lester and say, you know what, you just said names, right? Henry Owens and, and these other guys. Right. You have John Lackey locked up for a minimum next year. You have Clay Buckles locked up through 2017 at reasonable dollars. So you can say, well, those are the potential top-of-the-rotation guys. And another guy no one really talks about is Jake Peavy. Because Jake Peavy, if he pitches well this year, you could offer him a qualifying offer, and right. then he takes it, and then you say, oh, well, that's another guy to get to these other guys. The problem is is that I think that Lester has kind of established himself as a notch up from all these guys and in regards to not only how he's performing lately. Right now, as we sit here, he's the best pitcher in baseball according to war. Right, no, he's yeah. had a great year, right. but but that's but that's not again. That's that's, that's right. You're talking about years down, down right. the road. I mean, that's why I thought the Tanaka contract made sense at least because he was 25, right? He's 25 when he signed it. Yeah. So you're pitching, you're paying him every single year as a prime year. Lester, you're not. You're paying Lester because he was that good last year and this year. Well, is he going to be that good three years from now? What guy? What guy in his 30s has earned a 140 million dollar contract? Well, I mean, you could make the, you could make the argument. And listen, I don't think Cliff Lee is a 25 million dollar year uh, he's contract. Not, okay, he's close, right? But that's one, right? So, but here it is. So, yes, you're taking a chance, are you, as you are with all these contracts. But you need a guy. You right? We can agree with that. You need a guy. Can Henry Owens be that guy? But Henry Owens, it think about how long it took for John Lester to be that guy. Okay, it took a couple of years. Right? No, it. it it, it, well, we, John Lester isn't really hasn't even been the guy. I know he had good years, but in this whole like the well, uh, the the, the, fro- the Frost Nixon uh, next level right. interview, well, right? right? <laughs> well, he, but he hasn't he hasn't done it for a year yet. It's only May. I mean, to, to be fair, right. sure. But, I, but no, I mean, I think he'll probably go back to what he was. His ERA will be somewhere in the low threes at the end of the year. And you know what? Obviously, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the whole conversation we're having right now, the one we just had about Madman, is, is more important. As stupid as that was. Lester is going to sign. I think they're all else. fascinating conversations. He's going to get offered. The Red Sox are going to offer him $85, 90000000 million. You don't think he'll somebody sign? Somebody is going to blow him. Rob, he's going to get. Let's say he has a great year. Let's say he goes 18 and 8 with a 280 ERA and makes his usual 33, 34 starts. Somebody is going to blow him out of the freaking water, right? Well, I guess so. That's where the conversation is. That's where maybe we disagree somewhat is that you, you need to replace John Lester. And I agree. If you get the free agency, some team is going to blow him out of the water. Would you give him $140 million for the Red Sox? Uh, no, but I like the idea of 
I like the idea of if you want to get him for four years, to your point, if you really want to do that, and you were John Lester, you don't want to do that, obviously, right. because this is your last big contract. But if you want to do that, then pay him $25 million. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, I, I, and that's why I don't get why they didn't take that stance back in spring training. But so replacing him is very, very difficult. And you, in so many times you see it, you're chasing, you're chasing, you're chasing. And then, um, you know what? We got to go into the free agent market. And then you're then right. you're overpaying My, for underperforming right. guys. What I would say is you're saying you're replacing John Lester. You can't do it. So your answer to that is to keep Lester. But my answer would be four years from now, that John Lester isn't this John Lester. So you got to find that guy anyway. Oh well, yeah. So now you got Lester on the books for twenty six million dollars. Okay. And then you got to find another guy in addition to that because John Lester isn't the John Lester you thought you had. So you're chasing anyway. Well, let's let's say, on the books. let's say that John Lester can be the guy for three years, three of the four. That's right. different. I would sign that. Then. Okay, but yeah. well, then a lot of times you sign free agent deals because you need you right. you pay the extra year. You know the last year is going to even right. two. Right. Um, but yeah, so I I don't I don't think that that's a problem. I mean, if you no, if you tell me it'll be good for three years, that I'd absolutely do it. But but he's going to get. I think somebody's going to give him six years. Well, yeah, if he gets to the free agent market, right. and that's the that's what I'm saying is that I, I thought they I'm missed not, an opportunity. I don't disagree with that. They give him four years and whatever he wanted, but I think we both think he's not going to be back here next year, right? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I I think there was a chance just because he wants to do it so badly. I think if 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 the Red Sox keep taking this approach, he won't be. I mean, you just can't. And and it goes to. Yes, he'll take less money, but another small part of this is the whole union thing. Is that he he's very aware of this whole thing about we talked about it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean about yeah, you can sign a little bit less, but you can't. Adam Wainwright can't sign for that, and you then you sign for four at seventy. You can't do that. Well, even Granky, I know it's the Dodgers, but Lester's a better pitcher than Granky. I mean, at least it's close. I mean, the numbers are almost exactly the same. You throw in the postseason. How stuff. much do you? How much do you factor in also? And you said Lester's a very good pitcher, and you would sign him for the right rate. But how much do you factor in the division and the postseason stuff? I don't factor in the postseason stuff that much because it's twelve starts. I do factor in the 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 ALE stuff. That absolutely statistically. Plays a factor. If you pitch for the Padres his whole career in Petco Park, his ERA would be what half a run lower. Yeah, well, that, that, that factors in. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, and and that's what a lot of the players are saying in the clubhouse the other day. And clearly, the players are behind this whole thing. Well, I'd ask you this: You're there. At what point? So, Pedroia signs for 100 million. That's fine. He signed it. He's a grown man. Uh, they lowball Ellsbury by the standard of what he got from the Yankees. Yeah, but give, people they, are accepting of that for two reasons. Number one, everyone thought he was going to leave. And number two, the Yankees' offer was just crazy. so okay, crazy. Fine. And then this Lester offer, $70 million. At what point do the other guys in the locker room and other players around the league start saying, well, what the fuck? I mean, why are we giving this guy you – know, wh- what are the Red Sox doing? What, does that start to become a fact? Well, yeah. I mean, I think there's already a little bit of that. Yeah. Because they don't want, they understand who the core guys are, and they don't also see it through the prism of what John Lester is going to be five years from now. No, sure. They see it as we understand this is a core guy. It's you know it, it, people want to hear this, but one of the reasons they signed Josh Beckett to the deal they did before was because they felt at that time he was a guy that they could build around, right? They There was a guy that other people could follow, and he was going to set the right example. They feel the same way about Lester, and and the players don't like turnover. I mean, they, they don't. I mean, they that's why they, they wanted a guy like Mike Napoli were texting their ass off all, right. all offseason. Oh, we got to keep Napoli. we got to keep Napoli. They like what they know. So uh, And Lester, and then you have a p- performance like the other day. I mean, they like that. Sure. 
But I would say that I give the Red Sox credit, other than the Ortiz thing, which is an outlier, I understand. Uh, since that Dodgers trade, which was done the day my uh, son was christened, you were the godfather. You haven't seen yes, it since. I, oh, yeah, no, that's not true. Uh, once since, maybe? I've seen pictures. <laughs> I, I, John Dennis is good. Good, good, good. Make him the Godfather. <laughs> okay, I dare right. you. The word Sherrington hammered at that press conference was discipline, discipline, discipline. Other than Ortiz, which is fine, it's the whole thing. I understand you guys pushed for that, so you got it done. Yeah, we did. Other than Ortiz, <laughs> I, I, they've been extremely disciplined since then. They put themselves in a bad position with those lousy contracts, and I get why organizationally you would say. I'd rather bank on guys in their 20s than overpay for their guys in their 30s. Yeah. I get it. No. Now, 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 three years from now, we'd be saying, you know, what happened that discipline when they overpay for some free agent? Maybe. I think you also have to factor in, though, and, and you're citing what John Henry said, a lot of what John Henry said in that article, which is you just don't overpay for guys, free agents in their 30s. And Ben Sherrington said with you guys that the free agent year, the annual the annual up, age right? has gone up by a year and a half yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So I understand that. But the other thing you have to factor in with Lester, kind of along the lines of what you did with Ortiz, is the position and how hard it is to replace that position. Sure. I, I think that you do have to factor in because we talk about Henry Owens. It takes a guy a long time. You know, Michael Waka is a great pitcher, but he's an outlier. But giving Ortiz one year extra at $15 million uh, you know, when you have almost no payroll at that year, as opposed to giving Lester twenty three, twenty four. No, I, I understand, million, but I'm just ta- I'm years. just talking about replacing him. Sure, I'm like in and, and it, if you have an avenue to replace an Ortiz, if you think you have the guy, it's a lot easier probably to do that. Even though it's I still the hardest thing to do, but if you have the, we're going to trade for Stanton. We have this trade worked out fine. Right. But to to do that to replace even three years down the road for a guy who's going to be a number one. It's it's so hard to do, especially as you point out in this division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you just no want to get out of here. No, I've heard uh, you say many times. I think I think you've said this that power hitting is really hard to find nowadays in baseball. But now I just said Have this. You starting, that? Starting, Which, now, now you changed your mind. You no, I haven't. I said, What's the hardest thing? Power hitting or, or finding it? It's it's much like the initial uh, conversation about Don Draper's drinking. We we subsection it. Are you going to miss Mad Men? Uh, I don't Did you watch. watch, you watch House of Cards yet? No, I want to because my my good one. friends on it. So, um, um, Sam uh, Sam Page, who he was on Mad Men. He was the husband he's been on Mad Men. Cards in season one. I don't know if he's been on yet, but he's going to be on it. Your good friend that you couldn't get on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. You think this Mad Men movie? He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't give me his number. The next to podcast see we have to do. Did you see Draft Day? Yes. Oh, we should do a sports movie podcast because after this John Draper movie comes out. I'm going to do a, a column on sports movies because I'm a little down on sports movies right now. Well, oh, really? Yeah. Well, uh, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe like, well, so, so, so basically you're cutting and pasting from, <laughs> what was that, 2009? That was my list of sports movies. Yeah, but you were down on sports movies then. No, but I'm going to say five years ago I was down on sports movies. Have things changed? <laughs> they have not. And I'll uh, explain why. Did you like draft day? Real quick. It, it, you know, for it me, yeah, for me it was, you know, other than like you're brain dead though. You're sitting in no, that movie theater. Yeah, did, you, did I tell you? Did you been to the Woburn movie theater with these seats? Yeah, I saw your picture of Kate, Holy your shit. daughter. Yeah, you saw. When do you see a picture of that? I you say I don't follow your kids. Yeah, you, I didn't tweet you, it out or anything. Oh, I must have showed you. Show me. Yeah, yeah. You say unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, you're skipping through the hallways at Intercom <laughs> Boston, saying, <laughs> look, look, "Look at the Woburn movie theater." But uh, you think Kevin Costner, like that guy, would get Jennifer? No, Biden? but that's see, that's, that's yeah. You know, we we can save this for the for the net it review. Like but it's also it's also very. I told you this before. 
Kevin Costner's pants, you got to do something. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, he's, I don't know if that's in his contract or something. No, he's got a prosthetic. He's show, yeah, he's showing. He's so proud of his Oh, he's so proud. He's so proud. Well, another segue, before you go, yeah. I want to use this uh, podcast to Thank promote you. to promote your fine show. Uh, today's show, I was driving in, you broke mm-hmm. ground that you didn't, that you convinced Jerry that the Bruins should not take penalties. Right. That yeah. was Earth. I'm not sure what the hell. That what was, was talking that about? Was, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't really understand that. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, what was the highlight of today's show? Uh, I don't know. We had some guests on. We had Bobby Farrelly on talking about Dumb and Dumber 2. Was that good? Well, it was, he only, was only on so Dino could tell people that's his friend. Yeah, that was his and, and try to get in the next story. movie. And he said, yeah, he was still, he's pissed. They're not in that movie. Yeah, They're yeah. In all the Farrelly Brothers movies. I said to him, my favorite Farrelly Brothers movie is uh, Me, Myself, and Irene, which I still think is the funniest Farley Brothers movie ever. And I told Bob, I had to, I had to censor it there, but I don't have to censor it here. You know the part where, you know, they get, he's got the three sons, the three black kids, yeah. the son, and they're looking for, uh, for Jim Carrey, and Chris Cooper's the detective, but he's really trying to get him. And, uh, and one of the brothers says to him, uh, says to Chris Cooper, <laughs> is your old lady happy? And Chris Cooper says, old lady? And, and the kid says, yeah, because if you're fucking, it's like your police work. You couldn't have the G-spot on a 12-pound <laughs> pussy. <laughs> You didn't say that on the air? I had to bleep it out. Oh, That's right. one of the great lines ever. <laughs> the, uh, I, <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> well, um, so that was the highlight, the Farrelly interview? Yeah, we did a lot of the Bruin stuff. We did some of the – I still don't know. I, I mean, Jackie Bradley should be able to bunt, I think, at this point. I'm, I'm, that's, that's, and that's a whole other story that I want to do is like, Major League Baseball players can't bunt. Yeah, but I could bunt when I was a kid. I know, but you weren't a Major League Baseball player. I know, but how, I know. But he's, think he's about see, the best e- even, forever, Yeah, right? well, think about Jackie Bradley. And I don't know if you guys talked about this, but the Jackie Bradley never had to bunt. He was never a bunter. He was always the guy who hit doubles and home runs. Yeah, but don't they like practice it for like five minutes? No training. N- Barely. I mean, it should be that hard. Uh, here's the other thing. And this is a podcast I'm going to do. I might do it with Lou. The, uh, Ooh, the bunting podcast? No. Well, a little bit of bunting. But the Joe, talking to Joe Madden the other day, he said that, and I've talked to Farrell about this too, more teams are shifting than ever before, like crazy yes, amounts. Totally and up. they're not only shifting against power hitters. Now they're shifting against, like, Ryan Flaherty and Jackie Bradley. Makes sense, though, if you have the numbers. Right. You do it every but, time. But so, so yeah. now you bunt. But these guys, because Orion Flaherty, if you do, if you shift on him, bunt. Right. So Jackie Bradley, if he had these numbers offensively thirty years ago, would be fine. He could play every day. But you can't hit like this and play every day. Yeah, we still give him a little bit. Of oh, time. I know, I know. But I'm saying if he, if this is well, know, I mean, if he if he was average defensively, he'd be in Pawtucket right now. No, he's great. But you always think of Jackie Bradley as being like 21, though. I mean, he's gonna be 25. He's gonna get get his ass in gear and learn how to bunt. A bunch. Johnny Bench taught me the bunch every Saturday. It sounds like an Eddie Edelman thing. <laughs> really, it does. A bunting or a Ted Sarandis thing. Where are all the bunts? Did you have a crush on that girl in the baseball bunch? I don't remember her. There's that one girl. She was our Fred McGriff. No, no, the baseball bunch with Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench. Yeah, not Fred McGriff. I don't remember her. You didn't watch the baseball bunch? No, I did watch it, but I don't remember a girl being yeah, on it. Was it. A girl. I was she so was focused right. on the fundamentals. You were so excited. Jim Rice beat up the chicken that one episode. Jim Rice comp- complimented me for the first time yesterday. Yeah, he doesn't look at you on TV. He doesn't like you. No, yesterday he did. What did he say? I was wearing a fine uh, sport jacket. It was kind of a leather thing uh, yeah. from Goulds, and um, and Steve Lyons was doing the the fabric thing. Oh, yeah. And there, were, and, but Jim's like, I'm with you. I'm with you. 
So that was that was a hallmark moment for me. Why'd you have rice on for a podcast? Did you see when I was Johnny's on? Did you see? Uh, did you see when uh, I was on with Rice the other day, and we were talking about the canoe thing about jumping out from yeah, behind yeah, the thing? Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, just like you did, Jim, back in 1978. It's like you're scaring people. And he's like, what do you mean scaring people? <laughs> I mean, you're very, very, very different. <laughs> so, right. anyway, so the, so uh, did the show go by quicker, quicker, slow today? Why are you asking? Because uh, that's questions what, about the show. No, because I, I want because I want to get you guys. You guys are very close to number one. I told you coming in the break. I think you guys are going to be number one in a couple of weeks. All right. I mean, I don't because I was listening to the other show. They're not even trying. What touch and rich? Yeah. I don't. I don't listen. You were listening. I, I know. Listening. Well, I'll be your. Everybody I'll be your says source. I don't listen. Everybody says that they've. People I talk, but people are going to tell me that my show is great or John yeah. and Jerry's show is great. I should say I don't have a fucking role in the show. Still, it's fourteen months later, mm-hmm. my name's on the show. I heard. I heard you talk. I heard you talk about. Can the, my name be in the show? Do you think? Uh, you well, you get to you get to pretend like you're jostling with him when the nest. <laughs> <and pretty. laughs> That's great acting. <laughs> That's in your contract. I think about. It, I'm going to criticize people's acting in this movie called. <laughs> <That was really, laughs> I'm not as bad as Jerry. No, no, it's all. I mean, <laughs> Dino, Dino's like looking at the camera, and and you guys are <laughs> pretending to fight, and but yeah, yeah, you're right. I, but I, you've always that's your thing, though. You never said you said I don't want to have my name attached that's to the show. I actually, don't. Those guys, it's their show. I'm just along for the ride. But I, I listen. I don't know if we're gonna be number one or number twelve. The week, the ratings are bizarre to me. I don't understand them. But yeah, so you say take interest in the show. Did it go by quick or slow? You know, you know as well as I do. It's like you feel like, oh, that's a quick show. Well, here's the thing: we we had three guests on. Uh, from eight o'clock, so it felt like it was a two-hour show. You know when you have like three guests, and yeah, bang, 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 yeah, and, and then you, you go breakfast and just get the hell out of there. Yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you'll never have your name if, attached to this show. All right, thank you. Bye. New on Curiosity Stream. With my infrared drone, I can see what others can't. Drone pilot Doug Thrawn uses his bird's eye view for the ultimate good, saving animals from desperate situations around the globe. Join the rescue effort on a new season of Doug to the Rescue. And... You captured a Confederate steamboat? We're taking a ship to freedom. An enslaved crew, a stolen vessel, and a Civil War dash to salvation on impossible escapes. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano-spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors have the expertise to find exactly what you need and the ethics to do the right thing, even when it's the harder thing. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. 